Week 78 of the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. I don't want anybody to get too comfortable. 21 days till the election, and I know it's looking good right now, but we got to run like we're behind because this guy's going to try to steal it, and the bigger we win, the harder it's going to be for him to do it. So let's start the show. We are now the defenders of the stronghold of democracy and of equal opportunity. You and I as citizens, have the obligation to shape the debates of our time, not only with the votes we cast, but with the voices we lift. The people are looking for honest answers, not easy answers. The very word secrecy is repugnant. Clear leadership. And we are as a people. Not false claims and evasiveness and politics as usual. Opposed to secret society. But ours was a nation of the votes. Not the bullet. And a secret procedure. As a people, we cannot afford to let any group of citizens or any individual citizens live or labor under conditions which are injurious to the Commonwealth. Black, white, Latino, Asian, Native American, young, old, gay, straight, men, women, folks with disabilities, all pledging allegiance under the same proud flag to this big, bold country that we love. That's what I see. That's the America I know. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. There is nothing wrong with America that cannot be cured by what is right with America. I get it. I mean, 10.6 percentage points as I'm recording this on a Monday night for my Tuesday release. 10.6 percentage points is the highest lead in an election year for any presidential campaign. And I know it looks good. and, 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 you know, remember, this race is won at the state level. The state polls are still looking good for Joe Biden. But we really need to rebuke Trumpism. And that means we've got to win everywhere. We've got to try to win Texas. We've got to try to win Georgia, Iowa, Alaska. These states are all in play. Saw a poll today that has the Democratic senator in Michigan only up one point. That's not good. Trump is losing Michigan big. But uh, we got to take the Senate, too. So anybody who thinks that it's time to relax and that this is going to be easy, just put your vote in the mail and be done with it. Don't be. This is far from over. And if we're going to take Trump out, we've got to make sure we want him. We want him gone. We want his people to understand that he lost. The bigger the win, the easier it's going to be to move on from this guy. And uh, the harder it's going to be for him or anybody who supports him to be all bent out of shape by what happened on election night and, you know, come up with some weird theory. Look, they'll try. I mean, Donald Trump could lose 60-40 and he will still try to say he was robbed. He will still try to say that there was fraud, whatever. But when you lose 60-40 and you're losing states like Texas and Florida, um, no, there's really no, no way that anybody's going to believe you. you lose states like Ohio states with Republican governors. There's just, I, I just want everybody to be very clear here. I do think Biden's going to win this election and I think he's going to win it well because I don't think anybody, especially anybody who listens to this podcast is going to be happy just beating him by one point. I think you all want to beat this guy badly. And this is the problem. You know, 
The president has been stabbing himself in the foot this entire year when it comes to campaigning and voting. First with the whole mail-in ballots nonsense that he was starting. Now his supporters are less likely to use mail-in ballots than they were in the past. And a lot of them have utilized absentee ballots and other forms of mail-in ballots. So the president has hurt himself with that. If these people can't make it to the polls for whatever reason, uh, you know, remember, he won this election by less than 1% of the vote in three states. Some of those states with, you know, rural populations, uh, upper peninsula of Michigan, where there could be a snowstorm on election day and people just don't make it to the polls. 1% in the state of Michigan, if 1% of the people who would normally vote by absentee decide not to show up, that could be the difference in Michigan. I don't think that's really what it's going to come down to that this year because I think Michigan's going to be lost to this president going away. But, you know, he's he's shot himself in the foot and he could have had that. The other thing, by making it seem like he's going to challenge the results of this election no matter what, he has mobilized Democrats to not take any lead for granted, like I'm telling you right now. I think that I am not alone in saying this. I think every person who dislikes Donald Trump in this entire country is panicked, even with a 10.6% lead in the average of polls, the real clear politics average. As I'm taping, this is 10.6% for Biden and clear leads in almost in, in five swing states and tight races in five others, five others that he doesn't even need to win. So I, I just, you know, those were his mistakes. He has mobilized the left in these last couple of months because he's made us fear that we can't trust him to do the right thing after the election. So the best way to make him do the right thing and make his supporters lose, lose faith in him is for us to bring home this election in a big way, bigly. So I am, uh, I'm excited about that. And I think that everybody who listens to this show and everybody who I've been talking to is out there to try to defeat Trump and Trumpism understands the stakes are high and understands that they've got to do everything they can to defeat this guy. Run right through the tape like you're three points down. I, I used to say 10 points down, but you know now we're close. Now the election's close. So you got to run like you're three points down, right? You got to run like you could still win, like it's close and like you could still win. So I want everybody out there to work hard, get on the phone, donate if you can, do what you can to help win this and bring this home in a big Big, big, big way. Let's take out states that we're not even thinking about. You know, let's see a surprise victory or two on election night. That would be great, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be great if we like we're hanging out on election night and all of a sudden Kansas comes in for Joe Biden? I mean, that would be that would be spectacular. That would be spectacular. Arkansas, you know, those states aren't that far behind, right? They, the, the polls are pretty close in those states. In, in fact. Most polls I've seen in most states don't have Donald Trump above 50%, even in states that we assume are going to go for Donald Trump. And if you're an incumbent president two weeks, three weeks before the election and you're still not above 50%, that suggests a problem. And that suggests that, uh, you know, there are undecideds who probably won't break your way. And maybe they just can't bring themselves to vote for a Democrat, but they might change their mind given how bad this man has handled everything. I mean, tonight, you know, Monday night he was out there in Florida doing a rally, no mask, saying he's Superman. Look, 
215,000 Americans have died of COVID-19. The man still doesn't have a national strategy, a national testing plan. He's getting rebuked by Dr. Fauci for using him in a political ad in Michigan. I mean, this is just nonsense. This is the kind of stuff you don't expect from a presidential campaign. You expect discipline. But this is why he can't be president. He can't be disciplined in his own campaign. He can't follow his own campaign guidance. How could he be disciplined in helping us move out of this incredible crisis we're in? Yeah, I got it. There are a lot of people out there who in 2016 said, yeah, what could go wrong? The economy's going great. There's peace in the world. What could go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? Well, if the last four years have taught us anything, a lot can go wrong and a lot has. And that's why, you know, 10.6%. I want it to be 16, 20%. I I, I want to see this guy go down in flames. I want to be, I want... I want to wake up on November 4th and I want Trump supporters to be texting me saying it's over. I don't want to hear, you know, oh, you know, there's a court battle in Pennsylvania and a court battle in Michigan and we'll have to wait and see. I want it to be over. And I think it can be over on election night if we work hard, because if we win the state of Ohio, if we win the state of Texas, if we win the state of Florida, which, you know, Joe Biden is winning in Florida. And they're already voting in Florida. And they're already voting in Texas. And they're already voting in Ohio. So he, people are voting in Ohio with already a 10.6% margin nationally. Now, there are clearly tighter margins in those states. And you look at the lines of people lined up to vote in Georgia because of the suppression. Lined up miles long for early voting in Georgia. I mean, I feel like the earth is shaking. I really do. I feel like the earth is shaking and we can wake up on election day on, sorry, sorry, the day after election day and find out that Donald Trump has lost Georgia. He has lost Texas. He has lost Alaska and the Democrats pick up a Senate seat in Alaska. These are all very possible things. I know we're all on board with Jamie Harrison in South Carolina. He's got a very well-funded campaign at this point. I would think take a look at Texas and Alaska and Michigan, quite frankly, and add some support to those states because those are states that we can also pick up. And I think Jamie Harrison will tell you himself he's got enough money to run five Senate campaigns in the state of South Carolina. I don't know what else he could do with the money. There comes a point of diminishing returns at this point, right? Um, I mean, you know, God bless him. I want him to beat Lindsey Graham. Is there somebody who I want to beat more than Lindsey Graham out there? I don't think so. Uh, but, uh, he's got a lot of money and he's beating Lindsey Graham. I think he's going to beat Lindsey Graham. Uh, so yeah, I'm not saying don't give to Jamie. If you want to give to Jamie, give to Jamie, but take a look at Iowa. Take a look at Alaska. Take a look at Texas, MJ Hagar. These are races that we can win. I mean, the earth will shake the earth. The political earth will shake if the Democrats take Texas, the political earth will shake even more. If the Democrats take one of the chambers in the Texas state legislature, which seems very much possible right now, let's shake the earth. Let's shake the political earth here. Let's change the direction of this country. And that can happen in that state. And then we keep on marching till we get rid of Abbott two years from now. I mean, it is, it is a, it's something that needs to happen. We need to change that state. We really do need, you know, 
let me explain something to you. Texas is going to pick up three seats in Congress through this redistricting. It's estimated that they're going to pick up three seats. Their population continues to grow. Houston, Austin, those are huge liberal cities in that state. Huge liberal cities. But the Texas state legislature is expert at gerrymandering, and they will do whatever they can to keep the Democratic seats as low as possible in that state. They divide Austin into like four different congressional districts just to just make sure that a Democrat can't win. If the Democrats take one chamber of the Texas state legislature, and they only need to pick up nine seats to do that, and there are at least nine seats that went for Beto O'Rourke in uh, 2018 that you know were he- are held by re- currently held by Republican members of the state house in Texas. If we take that state legislature and have a seat at the table for redistricting, it'll be very hard to gerrymander that state so that there are so few Democrats in Congress. It could help reshape Congress for years frankly. Could you imagine if Texas, which is basically a 50-50 state, has 50-50 in its membership in the House? I mean, America, that's a game changer for a generation, for 10 years and then beyond, quite frankly, because once these people get going, you know how you know how it is. So, you know, keep, a, keep an eye out for that stuff. Keep working. There are places we need to work. There are places that need resources. There are places that need your help on the phone, 21 days. That's it, three weeks. Three weeks from now, I got two more podcasts, three more podcasts, two more podcasts. I got two more podcasts and then I have an election day podcast. I think I'm gonna have to, I'll talk to you about the schedule as things get uh, close because I think that doing a podcast that comes out on election day is gonna be worthless, right? So maybe we'll have one come out like on Friday that week. Uh, but it is, uh, it's, it's a, uh, it's, it's, I am, I'm optimistic, but I, again, again, America, I don't want you to get too comfortable. Don't get too comfortable. Think about places where we are barely winning or losing that we can change, that we could fix. Think about it. Think about these big prizes. Think about what it would mean for us to win a Senate seat in Georgia or Texas or Alaska Think about it. Mark Kelly needs your help in Arizona. There's a lot going on. There are a lot of places. The polls look good. Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin looking solid right now. But anything can happen. You know he's going to try to steal it. So 10 points ain't enough. Let's get it to 20. All right, I got uh, I got a guest for you today. A good guest, Kelly Hyman. She's new to the show. She's done a lot of Fox News like I have. Uh, she's a lawyer, uh, so I'm going to be bringing her in a minute. Um, I hope you guys liked Montel Williams last week. I'm actually going on his podcast. Uh, I think I'm taping it later today. And I don't know when they release it, but uh, take a look out for that and follow me on Twitter at Christopher Hahn, and I'll let you know when that Montel Williams uh, podcast is up. You know, one more thing before I uh, go to the guest. Last week, the president mentioned me again, and this time he mentioned me by name. During an interview with Rush Limbaugh, I, I, you know, obviously don't listen to Rush Limbaugh. I started seeing it go around on Twitter. Uh, what bothered me the most is a couple of progressive, you know, reporters who, you know, whose job it is to cover cover the president, you know, were like, "Who's Chris Hahn?" 
<laughs> it just really annoyed me. But it's good. It's it's like you know it it's uh, it's it's grounding. Um, it kind of takes the sting out of the president of the United States. And you know, it's funny. He mentions me a lot, and he doesn't like me. But he doesn't ever really say anything too bad about me. He calls me a Schumer guy, which is true. I'm a Schumer guy. I worked for Chuck Schumer for six years. I think he's a great leader. I think he's a fantastic, fantastic minority leader of the Senate. And he's going to be a great majority leader of the Senate come January. Um, but it was funny. Uh, a lot of, a lot of two reporters, two separate reporters, Chris Hahn, this is the big topic. And then like, I see all these comments, who's Chris Hahn. And I'm like, I'm Chris Hahn. Um, you know, I, I, 2,500 national television appearances in the last 10 years, but they're all in the conservative bubble, which is why I keep asking you if you listen to this and, and, and my listenership grows every week. And I keep asking you, Please share this with your friends. Tell them to follow me on Twitter because most of the people who follow me on Twitter, I have almost 18,000 followers on Twitter, and most of them are conservatives who hate my guts. And all they do is troll me all day long. And I'm fine with it. I've been living in this universe, been living inside their head and the president's head for 10 years. And I'm fine with it. But it would be nice once in a while to have you know a friendly tweet. And I'm not saying everybody. I've probably got about 8,000 liberals that follow me for one reason or another but uh but it would be nice would be nice to have more progressive followers so that next time the president says something about me or some you know conservative troll says something about me i have some support out there. just say just saying all right stick around i got kelly hyman uh and then i'll be back to talk some more so i uh, hope you're enjoying the show All right, America, I've got a new friend I'm going to talk to tonight, Kelly Hyman. She is a modern-day Aaron Brockowitz and an advocate for the underdog and a strong supporter of gender equality and women's issues. She's also soon launching her own podcast called Kelly Knows. You see her on TV. She's a legal analyst and a Democratic strategist joining us now live from Colorado. Kelly, how you doing? I'm doing well, Chris. I hope you and your family are doing well, too. Everybody's doing great here in New York. Uh, obviously, it's been a rough year for us all, and I'm sure yeah. you, too. Uh, and uh, I really appreciate you joining me and, and taking the time to talk politics today. I know you watched the debate last night, and I'd love to just get your thoughts. Well, I thought Kamala Harris did an amazing job. I mean, she is a great Speaker for the Democratic Party. I mean, as a as a woman, as an attorney, um, she just represented really well. I was really disappointed in the moderator. Um, I felt that she let uh, Pence walk over her. Um, she would he would just keep talking. He would also interrupt um, Kamala Harris, um, and that kind of tactic does not do well for women because we're constantly being interrupted. I thought she handled it brilliantly. So do I. And, you know, you know, it it did a a great, great job. I believe that she won. I think that Pence lost a lot of women supporters. I mean, just you don't, you know, interrupt a woman. You don't bully over the, uh, Moder- the moderator, and he is living in a false reality. Yeah, I mean, a complete false reality that where Trump is doing everything right during uh, COVID-19 and Obama really failed us during the swine flu. Like, how how do they think that anybody in America buys that? 
I mean, the swine flu, 14,000 people died over two years of the swine flu. And I don't remember having to live in my house and not be able to get toilet paper during that. Do you? No, I was actually in, in California. And I, I remember just being really, you know, people were concerned about, you know, washing their hands and stuff like that and seeing a few uh, signs. But that was basically, you know, it. There, It wasn't... Um, the level of everything now, yeah, you know, and, and Trump, Trump has failed us. You know, we have to think: Are we better off today than we were four years ago? And the answer is is absolutely no. That's why it's really important for people to get out and vote. People are voting now. Please, please vote. Nothing's a given. We need to get out there and and, and vote and express our views accordingly. You know, all these protests or, or peaceful protests are great, but they're going to be for naught if people don't exercise their right and get out there and vote. So please, please vote. There you go. Uh, so, so yeah, so let's get back to this debate. Uh, now, it, it appears to me from all the data that I've seen that uh, Kamala uh, started the night uh, pretty popular and ended the night more popular. And that didn't really, Pence basically stayed level in all the polls. Nobody liked them any better or liked them any worse, but he wasn't, over 50% to begin with. Uh, I, I think that her handling of him was very well. And I think you, you make a great point. Um, he was basically cutting her off and shutting her down. And women that have seen that in the workplace and maybe even at home uh, took that to heart and said, hey, you know what? I like the way she's handling this guy. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there is not one woman that is 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 had that experience, um, no matter what, in the workplace, home place. You know, I mean, I have friends that are lawyers and and they they come in and, and they say, oh, are you, you know, the court reporter or, you know, to, yep. to me, oh, you're too you're too pretty to be a lawyer. Um, and or, you know, people talk all over me, you know, all, all the time and and women, you know, experience that and, and they don't want that. And they also see that that um, Pence is just a version of Trump. Yeah. You know, drinking his Kool-Aid. He's, you know, in a different universe about COVID. I mean, he's part of the task force. He's the head of the task force. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, and they got rid of, you know, everything that Obama did and all his playbooks and, and um, you know, just not accountable to the American people. And the American people are smart and, and they know. Now, Trump's base is, is going to keep, you know, the same and people are going to um, vote for him. But anyone that votes for Trump besides Trump's family is in and the corporations are voting against their interests. Yeah, I think that There's the I think that. that the waves are are breaking over Donald Trump right now. I think that the I, I think the dam has burst. I I I mean these poll the polling that has come out the last couple of days suggest a a landslide is forming. And I I you know I'm not saying people shouldn't work, but I think people are very enthusiastic to vote against Donald Trump. And I, I don't care if you're enthusiastic for Joe Biden or uh, you know or against Donald Trump. Whatever gets it done for me. No, I, I agree. And I think people need to, even if there is going to be a landslide is to vote because there's so much in regards to voter suppression going on and people's votes are not going to count, unfortunately. And so that's why every vote is going to be so important for people to go to early voting. People are voting right now. Please vote, have a vote plan, get your friends and family out there and vote. Um, if you can, don't wait till election day um, because it's important that the, the vote um, count because they're trying to suppress the vote and go to court and, and stop the process and stop democracy and, and, um, because and, they know. And, and you're a Coloradan. Uh, Coloradans have been voting by mail for about 10 years now, I believe. 
And 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 it was started by a Republican secretary of state, and it, it seems to be a pretty popular method of voting in Colorado. Um, you know, that's 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 what um, I you know I've I've, I've heard that it's it's very very popular. There's there's no issues. They can um, it's just not Colorado. The other states that do it, they can track the ballot. They have certain procedures in in place for it. No, absolutely. I I truly believe. I wish everyone could could vote by mail, especially. We're in a you know pandemic, and people shouldn't have to put their life on the line to to vote. I mean, you would think um, you I would think, think that in a pandemic they would be trying to get people to not go to places, right? You would think that in a pandemic they would they'd be advocating people put on masks and social distance. You would think that they'd want people to vote from home. I think the reason why this guy is losing, the main reason he's losing, is he's lost people over the age of sixty five because he's made it clear he doesn't care if they live or die. Yeah, that's that's very true. I mean, let's talk about let's talk about you know healthcare. I mean, he, I, whatever Obama did, he wanted to get rid of it. But what is his plan in regards to healthcare? He has no plan. And people that have pre-existing um, conditions, I mean, they're going to be. He's going to throw, throw them to the bathwater. Yeah. I mean, it's it's hard. It's horrible what he's what he's doing. It is amazing to me. I I, I find it odd that the guy's even at you know forty percent in polls. When I see him at forty three, I, I I I don't know how anybody wants to put up. With four more years of this mania, which has been, you know, it's just been mania uh, for four years. And I just people want to go and rest and not think about the president anymore. You know, that's that's very, you know, true. Um, But I think that his supporters are one issue supporters and one issue that that, you know, he, he stands for or allegedly, you know, stands for and vote for him for that that reason. I mean, but it, it's hard because people are voting against their own interests. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it, you know, it's a shame. Yeah, it is completely a shame. I've been, uh, you know, I've been watching this election and and the people that are still with him are the people that need him to go the most, I think. And I don't think they understand that uh, he has really just not done anything for them and, in fact, made their lives miserable and Frankly, four more years of him, and I don't know if we have a country left to speak of anymore. All right, Kelly, let's talk a little bit about the president's, uh, you know, refusing now to debate because they want to move it virtually so that everybody that's at the debate hall doesn't catch coronavirus from him. Yes, you know, but it's interesting because it, it shows that he just wants to be a bully again, and he also wants the roar of the crowd. You know, he he really, you know, wants that and needs that. But basically, I don't consider Donald Trump debating. It's just him interrupting yeah. constantly and being a complete um, bully. It's not it's not a debate. He doesn't care. You know, Joe Biden wanted to talk about the issues that are affecting the American people and, and do and do that. Um, but, you know, he, he doesn't care about that. And so he won't, you know, debate. But he does want to have another debate, um, late, you know, later on. So he can he can he can do that. Um, but I think the Biden campaign is, is smart. It's like you, you don't you don't want to do the virtual one. Then okay, then there'll be no no debate. Right, right. I mean, look. I mean, Joe Biden doesn't need to debate. Donald Trump does. Donald Trump is losing, losing bad, losing as he would say, bigly. And it's it's just you know it, he doesn't want to debate. He doesn't want to look. I I I believe that he's not going to be able to stand for ninety minutes in the condition he's in right now. So I think he should take the opportunity to be virtual so he can at least have a seat. Right, but they'll they're gonna cut off his mic, and he can't have that. He can't have not being in control of the situation and seeing what's what's going on. So I don't believe if 
uh, he will debate him virtual at all. He's just going to not going to do it. What do you mean? I can't talk over my opponent. I'm the only one who has ideas that matter. Uh. It's amazing to me. Absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing to me. I, I, don't, I, I, I just I'm, I'm dumbfounded by the fact that there are any reasonable people on this planet that still support him. And I, I don't I don't know why they do. Uh, so, you know, I mean, he's been acting strange lately. And Nancy Pelosi today hinted that tomorrow uh, the House of Representatives will form a commission on presidential fitness. And that is not the presidential physical fitness test you took when you were in high school, America. This is to determine if the president is fit to hold office under the 25th Amendment to the United States Constitution. I, I've been around people who've been on steroids, and he surely is exhibiting steroidic behavior. Don't you agree? Yeah, I know that there's he's having some breathing issues, and um, I defer to you about you know the steroids. But you can definitely see when he was at the, the the White House and they were filming him, and he was standing there taking off his mask, which he had to reshoot um, because he he didn't like it. That he definitely you know has some breathing issues. Um, you know, COVID is is you know horrific. You know, with the people have died, and my thoughts and prayers are yeah. go out to the people and that have lost loved ones, and and he and he's so cavalier about it, and, and that that just you know breaks breaks my heart and gives people a, you know a false sense of, of reality of it, and and the frontline workers, you hear stories about you know um, people in their in their twenties that you know that 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 get it, and people on the front lines where they have to you know use the same equipment for days, and and, and to lose a family. And a loved one like that, I mean, it's just it's just horrible. My thoughts and prayers are go out to them because they give, you know, the sacrifice of their life to save other ones. Yeah, I mean, calling that he got saying that he got COVID-19 and it was a blessing from God. I wonder if the 210,000 American families that have mourned uh, loved ones dying in the last, you know, seven months feel like it was a blessing from God. Yeah, I, I, I it's definitely, definitely not. I mean, he, he just never he never fails to miss an opportunity to make things worse for himself. I mean, all this talk that he's a political genius, he, he's not a political genius. He's a guy who got lucky and uh, his luck is out. It's over. Uh, these these statements he's making right now are manic. They're crazy. Stop the talks. Now I want a comprehensive plan for, uh, you know, for covid relief. Um, I got the COVID-19 virus from military families who were mourning the loss of their children overseas. I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, where does, where does it end? How low can this guy go? I know. I mean, and to call the, the military like losers and suckers, I mean, they, you know, thank you to our, our military people that, that, you know, give the ultimate sacrifice of their, their life. And, and thank you so much for your service to treat people like that uh, is, is, is so upsetting, um, you know, and, and there's something in, in his, like you said, his behavior recently is, is even more erratic. I mean, to, to get rid of the stimulus talks where people are struggling to pay their rent and, and, and covering their costs yeah. and losing their home and, and, and having nowhere to stay. And, and by the way, I mean, the stimulus would have helped him politically. And now he's taking ownership over the stimulus not happening. It's it's amazing to me. Well, it just shows he doesn't care about the American people, and then he flip flop back again because people are saying, "What what the heck are you doing?" I mean, you can't play with people's lives like this. No. I hope that people know that, and that's why it's so important to please, please get out there and vote. 
let your voice be heard. You know, in like 2016, people were upset. The, the younger generations got out and protest. But I always wonder how many of them really were voting. Yeah. So now is your chance for every generation to get out there and vote. It yeah. really I, matter. I was in New York City uh, the night after the election. I was uh, going over to Fox and I saw the protests and I just thought to myself, how come these people weren't knocking on doors in Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin? Now they're out in the streets and they were, I mean, it had to be 10,000 people on the street that night. And they're protesting Donald Trump, who just got elected president. And, you know, where were they the week before? Were they were they canvassing? What were they doing? Uh, I mean, I think they're canvassing this time. I think they're voting this time. I think they're on the phone making calls. I, I, I don't know. I, I feel I, so. I feel very optimistic right now. That could change, but I feel very optimistic right now that he's not only going to lose, but he's going to lose so big, it's going to be embarrassing. He's going to lose bigly. <laughs> I, I just want I just want those people to vote. That's you know I appreciate doing all the canvassing and, and that's great. Yep. But let's just let's just vote. Yeah. Please let's yep. let's vote. There's so there's no issue. Let's let's send a message. Let the American people send a message. Yeah, that's what I say the same thing. So out of the White House. So Kelly, I only got about 30 seconds left with you. Uh, Where are you going to be? What do you want people to know about you? Where can people find you? Oh, well, first, thank you so much for having me on the show. It's been great. And I appreciate your viewers. Um, You can catch me on uh, Twitter, um, Kelly Hyman one in regards to uh, my shows. Well, you know, have to see, I'm fortunate enough to be on your show and, um, I'll, you know, next time I'm on uh, Fox or another show, I usually post it on my she Twitter feed. tweets it out. There you go. Kelly, thanks for joining me. All right, that's Kelly. Stick around. I'll be right back. All right. So, um, I didn't even really talk before about the VP debate, which, I don't know. I, I thought there was no blood. I thought Kamala did well because she's more liked afterwards than she was before, and Mike Pence had no change. But does does anybody remember anything other than the fly from that debate? The president has canceled the next debate. He's not going. He doesn't want to show up in a Zoom debate, even though he's still contagious. I'm sorry. I don't don't believe anything the doctors from the White House are telling me about this guy. Um, It's less than two weeks since he caught it, and he's already out campaigning. It's nonsense. There'll be a third debate, uh, I assume. That could change, too. He wants to do another debate. Actually, I guess the third debate will be the second debate. He wants to do another debate three days before the election, like the big showdown scene in some movie. You know, just nonsense. Why let him dictate the terms of the debate? Not going to happen. Don't do it. Don't take the bait. I don't even want to hear it. I'm sure I'll be on Fox talking about it. You know, look. I debate virtually every single time I'm on television. When you see me on TV, I'm not in the same studio with the people I'm debating 90% of the time and 100% of the time since March. So what's wrong with the president being in a remote studio and Joe Biden being in a remote studio and a moderator somewhere else? Who cares? Big old baby. And this is a guy who wants to start Trump TV in a couple of years. He's a big old baby. Okay. He thinks that Joe Biden's going to be reading. He doesn't think that. He wants to say that. I I don't know if this guy could stand up for an hour and a half. I really don't. He should be happy they canceled this debate. He refuses to get tested before the debates like everybody else is. Like Joe Biden did. He showed up on time, got tested. 
I, I'm just, I, 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 who knows what's going to happen, which is why I tell you, and I said it before, I'm going to say it again. Don't get too comfortable. This election is far, 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 far from over. Anything can happen. And even if it doesn't, let's beat him like a drum. Let's beat him like a drum and get him out of this place so that we can move on. Remember how calm it was the first couple of nights he was in the hospital? We didn't have to hear him tweeting. We weren't thinking about him. We were all praying for his health. Remember how calm it was? That's the entire Biden presidency. It'll be four years of calm unless there's something that we really need to be worried about. I mean, obviously, we really need to be worried about the virus, but we won't have to be worried about what the president is doing regarding the virus. Is he rallying people up to go kidnap the governor of Michigan? Something else I didn't really mention today. I I mean, does he deserve some of the blame for that? Yes. When leaders talk about violence, when leaders are encouraging things like that, yeah, yeah, some of the blame. Remember when he said liberate Michigan because the governor of Michigan was following the guidelines his own CDC and coronavirus task force put in place? Remember that? Remember that protest where guys were carrying guns into the Capitol? And hey, Michigan legislature, how about passing a rule that says you can't bring guns into the Capitol? I mean, what is that? It's ridiculous ridiculous unbelievable so much going on that we're not even talking about everything but but now you know I, I'm coming back to my theme this can all be over in three weeks three weeks from today it could all be over but we have to work like we've never worked before we've got to win in places they're not expecting us to win yeah I they're going to be counting the votes in Pennsylvania for at least a week they're going to be counting the votes in Michigan they say until Friday of that week they're going to be counting the votes in Wisconsin for God knows how long the Arizona is going to at least take a week we remember what happened two years ago during the midterm we thought Martha McSally had won on election night turns out Kristen Cinema won the Senate seat in Arizona and the votes took a while to come in and that's going to happen again. So we're, you know, while we're waiting for those results to come in, wouldn't it be great if we won Texas and Ohio and Florida and we don't even care? It would be phenomenal, wouldn't it? It would be phenomenal. So let's get it done. Let's make it happen. Work like you never worked before and don't get comfortable. There is nothing comfortable about the prospects of four more years of Donald Trump. So we've got to work our butts off until we get him out. All right. I really, look, I, I, again, I love you all for listening to me. I love you all for sharing this with your friends. Uh, I know that when those reporters, and I shouldn't have called them liberal reporters. I, I said that earlier. I know when those reporters said, who's Chris Hahn? You all knew who he was talking about. <laughs> so, But the president, it's the third time he's mentioned it. To, mentioned it. Third time in the last th- like five months that have been mentioned by the president of the United States. You'd think I'd have a bigger Twitter following because of that. Who knows? Who knows? The best is yet to come, but don't get comfortable. All right, America. I want to remind you, as I always do, to seek the truth. Question everyone and everything, even me. Seek the truth. I know it's out there, and I know you'll find it if you look for it. And I'll be back here again next week to tell you the truth as I see it. I'm Chris Hahn. Thanks for listening to the Aggressive Progressive Podcast.